0: Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports. We have a great episode coming at you in a few, but first we have to tell you about all of the places you can find us. BleacherBrawls.com is the home for our Yankees and Red Sox columns, football, basketball, soccer content, as well as movie reviews, quizzes, and plenty of trash talk. Our YouTube channel has a few videos a week with picks, predictions, our prospect pipeline series, and more. Our main social media hub is Twitter at Bleacher Brawl, where you can give us any feedback, ask us any questions, follow us to be the first to hear about our latest content. This podcast is available on your listening app of choice, and when you finish listening to today's super exciting episode, you'll want to drop us a five star review. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back to Bleacher Brawl. So we have another Sunday night, Monday morning episode coming at you. My name is Patrick. I'm here with John and Luke and Derek. And we're going to talk all the things that we talk here on Bleacher Brawls. We're going to talk some Red Sox. We're going to talk some Yankees, some baseball at large. And I think if we have a final uh, score of this last football game before we're done recording, we'll even talk a little uh, rest of the NFL playoffs, maybe a little Super Bowl as well. I'm going to start with our first pitch. That's where I hear what's up with everybody, what's going on in their lives, anything that they want to bring up before we start the show. Uh, Luke, I'll start with you. Give me your first pitch.
1: Well, being the 2022 Bleacher Brawl's Fantasy Football Champion, usually life is good. And uh, today was really no exception. Uh, This week was really no exception. It's good to be a champion. Um, But uh, I do want to say please everybody listening check out uh BleacherBrawls.com tomorrow afternoon i've got the latest uh addition to our epics series our uh examination of epic games and uh in my case, Red Sox history, and it's going to be a really good one, really entertaining one, a little long, but, you know, since when are my columns ever not long? Uh, But this is going to be a really good one, so make sure to check it out uh, tomorrow afternoon by 2 or 3 p.m. Eastern. It should be up.
0: By tomorrow, he means today. You're listening to today, Monday. He's talking about later in the day.
1: Oh, yes. That's right. Yes. So being Monday. Yeah. Check it. <laughs> check bleacherbrows.com
0: in
2: a few hours. Let's leave it at that.
0: <laughs> John, what's up with you? Your first pitch.
2: Um, well, it was a bittersweet weekend as the New York Giants football season ended. However, I mean, no Giants fan can be disappointed at all with this season. The Giants completely overperformed, won their first playoff game in 11 years, their first Made the playoffs for the first time since that boat trip a couple of years ago. And even like I said they won a playoff game this year. You know they went into the season expecting four, or five, maybe six wins at the most. They end up making the playoffs and winning a playoff game. They answered a lot of questions. Have some um really looks like they have some some key positions really set for the future. So the future is looking bright for the Giants. Just fantastic season all around. As much as it stinks to lose to the Eagles, it was just. There's nothing but positive takeaways from this season. So um, that's how I'm doing. Derek, buddy, what's up
3: with you? Oh, my God. Today's been miserable. Today has been, I think, the most miserable day I've had in so long. He's out of chocolate milk. No, (laughs) No, no, no. I had no sleep last night. I had a migraine all night. Couldn't find any headache pills, nothing. Couldn't sleep. Migraine all night. Eight in the morning. I had a bloody nose that lasted for an hour and also too i have a cold so because of that we mixed in with my bloody nose i had snot and all that stuff forever and it was awful then because i bled for, I had a bloody nose for so long i felt lightheaded and dizzy then my grandfather's like hey you need to fix my phone i don't know and he doesn't understand phones or whatever so i'm just like i'm like i just had a bloody nose for an hour like leave me alone that finished, I ate breakfast, I went to bed, I slept for like six or seven hours. I woke up, took a COVID test because uh, my uncle who came down for the weekend, he was in Florida uh, in Orlando for his company, came over for the weekend up from Orlando. And when he got here, he was fine on Friday, Saturday, tested positive for COVID. So it's just, so he was quarantining and then everyone here is testing, we're all negative. Healy is all negative. I've had a cold for like the last week. So I'm just like, um, it's been miserable. It has been terrible. It's, yeah.
1: So this is just an example I want to say of when you're a a 19-year-old kid and like don't have any responsibilities really, (laughs) relatively (laughs) speaking, as opposed to a grown man (laughs) that has a family and stuff. Because I have conjunctivitis right now. So I wake up in the morning and I can't open my eyes. It's like they're sealed shut with putty, and I didn't even think to mention that in my first pitch, because that's just, life is just hard (laughs) when you're older and there's a lot of things going on. And Pat's like, oh, what's going on with you? Ah, nothing's good. Oh yeah, that's right, I got conjunctivitis. But if I was 20, it would feel like my world
3: was coming down around me happened because my eyes hurt. (laughs) Literally nothing's happened because I've been sick. But this guy's got a cold and he had to fix his grandpa's
1: phone. I, hey yeah, Derek. and then I went. And I really haven't.
3: I haven't done anything today. he has been miserable. Just I'm. I'm like. I have like ten fans in my room, and I'm sweating. Like I'm well, gonna lose my mind. Derek, I'm, I'm sorry needs... that you don't feel well.
0: I'm. I'm happy to hear that you don't have COVID, but I, I do have to say. I'm gonna start using the line. I've had the bloody, I've had a bloody nose for an hour. Will you just leave me alone? No,
3: I swear. <laughs> like to, I, know, I swear now. to God, it literally lasted. That's an like hour. my
0: new go-to "fuck off" line. Oh, I'm sorry. That's it my new go-to "leave me alone" line. I mean,
3: honey, honey, I'm in. Hour. Honey, I'm in
1: labor. You know what? I've had a bloody nose for an hour. Don't talk to me. Right?
3: I, no, I swear. If you would have looked at all the tissues, you would have you would have thought someone had. You would have thought I had like a period or something. Like it was there was so much blood. All right, all right, all right. Let's and wait, hold on. I want
1: to step on John's too. I, I I want to step on everybody's first pitch today, John. I did want to ask how it feels to know the Giants had a great season, outperformed all expectations, not only made the playoffs but won a playoff game on the road. In a situation where they weren't expected to win and still only managed to be the third best team out of the four teams in their own division. How does that feel?
2: It's better than you, who's really, if Zach Wilson or the Jets had a somewhat competent quarterback, your team would have been the fourth best team in the division. Once again, proving he's the accidental fantasy football champion. Congratulations for stumbling into that one. I got this. It's
1: good to be a champion.
0: and and realized I didn't really have anything to say for my first pitch. Um, I was going to say how I didn't get the wear red memo, but then John took off like the sweater, whatever he was wearing and it ruined that. So let's just move on. Let's talk some red socks and some Yankees. Well, I have a
1: first pitch for Pat. We just found out five minutes before we went on the air that Pat has been voted the handsomest (laughs) member of the bleacher brawls crew, yes. so proving that yes. chicks really, really dig older guys. That is true. That yeah,
3: is true. Yeah, could, yeah, yeah. Make yourself more confident than you need to be. All right. Cool. I'm also
0: completely.
1: I processed
3: the results of this. <laughs> <laughs> also, first pitch Cassis, Tristan Castus said he'd be open to contract extension talks. So yay! All right. All right. Get something yes, done. I, uh, I. I that
0: was good news. Um, I told Barnes. He he told me something I already knew. So. That's nice, I suppose. So let's talk some Red Sox. We're going to start with that. Um, it was winter weekend uh, in Boston, and it was a very spicy weekend. We got lots of booze while uh, ownership was trying to talk. Heim was trying to talk. Um, lots of news, like like Derek said, about Tristan Cassis, and, and just a lot going on. And, Luke, I'm going to throw this to you because I think a lot of what happened – on twitter this weekend pissed you off and so now you can take my these things on twitter that pisses him off and you can take it for the week and you can talk about winter weekend
1: just temporarily because nobody can do twitter stuff that pisses us off the way pat does but the Sox fans at Winter Weekend. I mean, I was getting most of it from social media because it wasn't broadcast yet. I don't know when it's going to be broadcast. This Winter weeding, Winter Weekend's uh, town meeting kind of deal. What a horrible idea that was. You know, inviting Red Sox fans to just come and attend this uh, this panel discussion of Sam Kennedy and Heim Bloom and John Henry. And I don't know if Tom Werner was there, but even if he was, who cares? Because nobody likes or cares about Tom Werner. But that it was the fan response to this at the, the Red Sox fan response at winter weekend was pathetic. I am embarrassed. So I didn't see it. I'm just getting uh, accounts of it from Twitter saying, so the John Henry and Tom Warner and Heim am and Sam Kennedy come out and talk. And every time they try, you know, they get booed when they're introduced and every time they try and talk, Everyone's just booing, boo, boo! Fake Dombrowski, fake Dombrowski, and um, and other kinds of chants and stuff, basically drowning him out like um, you know WWE fans used to do when they wanted CM Punk to come back. Um, it was just uh, and just an embarrassing uh, shows what an embarrassing uh, state that Red Sox fans are in right now, and it's proof that in a lot of industries, consumers really don't know what they want. So Heimblum and Fenway sports group have been building to create a self-sustaining perennial contender. You know, that takes a while. Fans are not clearly fans are not bright enough to know what that entails. That takes time. So I'll quote, um, uh, the great philosopher Artie Bucco from the Sopranos who once told Tony Soprano, okay, I guess you figure, you know, how to eat, So you know how to run a restaurant just because you go to the games, you watch the games on TV while you're flipping through your phone, while you're checking your email, while you're looking at Pornhub or whatever. doesn't mean you know how to run a baseball team better than the people who are employed by a billion dollar franchise to know how to build a baseball team. Uh, So the last general manager, he paid everybody. He, you know, Chris Sale burned out the first two years in Boston. Dombrowski gave him five more years. Said, yeah, keep on doing what you're doing. He paid David Price, even though before he got to Boston, he sucked at Fenway every time. He gave a four-year extension to Nathan Evaldi, uh, even though he had no track record whatsoever of being able to pitch multiple years without really hurting his arm. And what happened? What happened was Dave Dombrowski was fired for having a crap team, even though he had the highest payroll in the major leagues at that time. And when it happened, so they wanted world series in 2018, halfway through 2019, they were average and hadn't, there was no sign of getting better. So he asked for even more money. And John Henry said, you already got the highest payroll, uh, in baseball, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do to make this, make things better? All right, how do we change this? What about all the money we've already given? Dombrowski didn't have a good answer. So they realized this is a bad way to run a team and they fired him. So that wasn't a way to solve the problem. Asking the ownership for more money isn't a way to solve the problem. This president of baseball operations, Heinblum is building it, trying to build it the right way. Yet fans hate him because he has the balls to work under these conditions that Dabrowski left him in, left him in, and rebuild the team, build it responsibly in a way that helps now, while building for the future. Remember, they just went to the ALCS in 2021. So the thing that really pissed me off about this was how how long have we been hearing uh, Heim Bloom haters have demanded that John Henry faced the public. John Henry has not faced the public since Mookie Betts was traded. This is the first time he showed up in public to talk in front of cameras, to talk in front of people. He finally speaks. He comes. He finally speaks. Jared Carabas is running the damn thing. And he asks him a question and these mouth breathers in the crowd who have wanted been waiting to listen to him speak for three years, Just boo, 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 boo. You know, you you don't like the direction of the team. You boo when they're introduced. Totally understandable. But you you want this guy to speak. You've been begging this guy to speak for so long. He starts speaking and you boo so much. You drown him out. You start stupid chants and stuff. It's, you know, if you don't like the direction of the team, fine. You know, Uh, but if you... But if you're going to if you're gonna demand that he speaks for so long, don't be hypocrites about it. Listen to what he has to say before you boo him. Don't just make a big spectacle of it. We don't like you. We don't like you. Well, let me explain. No, screw you. We don't like you. We don't like what you're doing things. It was embarrassing. And the worst thing is that Red Sox fans like me have to wear this image now. This is what Red Sox fans are now to the rest, to other baseball fans. We're the ones who are all of us are represented by those clowns at that winter weekend that have been saying, John Henry needs to face us and explain his actions. Okay. Let me explain your actions. Boo. You're a, I hate you. You're a son of a bitch. Get off the stage. All right. I guess I won't talk anymore. Pathetic behavior. Pathetic.
0: Obviously this is a a Red Sox heavy portion of the show, but John, I feel like Luke has like, set you up for yeah I don't even know what I I feel like you have to speak here
3: he's a
2: massive hypocrite himself this is the guy who hates Dave Dombrowski the guy that won their last put together the team that won their last world series and Luke hates him if Dombrowski showed up at Fenway Luke would be one of the guys booing him not letting him talk yet he'll sit here and defend Heinblum who has done literally nothing but make horrible trades and let generational talents leave like and Red Sox fans have every right to, to boo Heim Bloom. Um, he, like, you want to talk about Heim Bloom's secret plan of building a sustainable method. <laughs> the secret plan that Luke keeps talking about, that Joey let us all know that Luke was talking about. But he hasn't built the sustainable method, and you have no reason to trust that he's building the sustainable method. He has failed in trade after trade. He's gotten hosed, he's made horrible trades. He trades a generational talent in Mookie bats for a guy that's already been DFA'd and Atlas Verdugo and a third string catcher. I mean, this in another thing, like, I think if I'm a Red Sox fan, I would be looking at the history and realizing, hey, I don't want 2018 to be the new 2019-18, uh, where you let a generational talent leave and simply a cost-cutting move. And like, every, Red Sox fans have every right to be mad at this organization right now. Um, yeah, maybe they should have let John Henry speak a little bit. But if the Red Sox fans don't want to let Haim Bloom speak, then they have every right to do that. Because This guy has been a failure. And you can say there's that one ALCS appearance he made. Fine. Yankees made an ALCS appearance this year. I still consider it a failure. So I don't think saying, oh, Haim Bloom got one team to the ALCS, it's not a success. Because I I, can say I, if you want to consider the Yankees getting to the ALCS, as a success, you can't say the Red Sox getting there is a, is a success. The point is, um, and then uh, even to top it off, Bloom is now relying on injury-prone pitchers in Sale, Kluber, and Paxton to carry this pitching staff. As the Yankees fans since 20, 2001, when the, their rotation kind of was like the last time they've had a good rotation, I've seen that method work before. It doesn't work, and I shouldn't say work before. I've seen that method attempted before, and it doesn't work like relying on old pitchers with arm injuries is never going to lead to success. I think Bloom has been a massive failure. And if fans want to boo Bloom, they have every right to. So you, and you were blue with Dombrowski who won your world series. So I don't even know how you can keep defending this guy.
1: It's like, I, I, boo, I, boo, I, I would boo him because he won one world series and then just stopped caring, just stopped trying. He's like, Oh, you guys won a world series. I'm just going to, just keep the whole team together and didn't try to didn't try to adjust at all. Didn't couldn't read the writing on the wall, of sales arm, prices arm, prices mentality, Evaldi's arm, of all these injury history. That was great. I didn't have a problem with Dave Dombrowski until what November of 2018. And I was like, what the what the hell is happening? And Heim bloom, you say he's a massive failure. It it doesn't happen overnight, fixing this kind of mess that Dombrowski left him with. And people don't, the majority of Red Sox fans, I don't think, realize just how badly a shape that this
3: team was in when Heim Heimblum inherited it. Can I say, that I want to say this, though, because the whole Red Sox fans booing, it doesn't just the fact that they're booing them or they don't like what's going on. It goes back to the fact that there are fans that would rather see the Red Sox suck that a Red Sox fan's. So Heim Bloom gets kicked out of town and see the Red Sox do good, although Heim Bloom's running the shit. That's the pro I think that's the problem, right? And because there are a group of Red Sox fans. Now they probably are in the minority, but they are a loud minority of hey, yes, we want the Red Sox to be good, but we want them to be bad when Bloom's running them, so he's out of town. And I think that's the problem. If when I look at it, I go, I, I want Heim Bloom to do really well because he's running the red Sox, right and when you look at i don't know let's say the yankees for example let's use the yankees example how john let me ask you this you you don't like brian cashman that much but you want him to do good because that means the yankees do good right the guy that brought you how many championships john
2: one and that was in 2009
1: no, uh, he was the GM before then. He no, was the GM before then. It does
2: then. not count. 1998, 1999, 2000 have nothing to do with Cashman. Those he didn't trade any of those players away. And the boss was still running things. Brian Cashman was a nobody who had no authority. in are hypocrite, world. John. He's had one World Series win in 2009. And the rest of them were all Gene Michael and George Steinbrenner. Cashman's a loser. And he's failed repeatedly time and time again. But if he does win a World Series this year, hey, I would actually he'd get a little bit um, of a leash again, I guess. But the point is, I think Bloom, you keep you keep saying Bloom, 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 but he's made miserable trades. He traded away Mookie Betts for nothing, traded away Benintendi for nothing, traded away Hunter Renfro in a horrible deal that looks terrible in retrospect.
1: You're wrong about all of those things, though, I and mean, we don't have time to get into every one of them. But you, you're wrong about you every single one, one of those DFA things. Makes your the Mookie Betts trade a success? I'm not going to get into that right now because it'd take it's ten minutes of back and forth. Is one year of him, one year of Mookie Betts that they couldn't afford to pay and and be they could afford to pay soon. To want to? Hmm? They didn't but yes, the businesses they didn't have want. budgets, John. You know, no, not they everybody's... They're
2: the Red Sox. They can absolutely couldn't...
1: Not everybody's a Howard Hughes so crazy man like George Steinbrenner. To. Just
2: admit that they didn't want to. It's not that they couldn't. They just didn't want to pay
1: him.
2: I mean, yeah, they... I
1: don't know. Yeah, if they didn't want to go into... The, dip into their profits anymore. I mean, yeah, I think it's their right to have a budget. And if their budget was... They had the highest payroll in the league in 2019... I don't think that you know. In
2: 2018, I, I, when they won that World Series, that they bought
1: <clears throat> right. But the next year, they had that in 2019. They had the highest payroll in the major league still. And Nebraska at the deadline I was like, "I need more money, boss. I need more money. Uh, this is uh, all our pitches are hurt. Can I have more money?
3: Yeah, I, I need I more think, money? I think it just comes down to at the end of the day, as fans of your team, you should want your you should want your team. whoever's running your team to do well, because that means your team is going to hopefully going to do well. It shouldn't be a thing of, you know, I want my team to do bad just to get this guy out of town because at the end of the day, that means your team's doing bad. And then you're just rooting against your team. And then are you really a fan of your team? If you're rooting against them, it's, I think that's the, the whole kind of the main point of this. It's You should root for your team. There's a constructive criticism is one thing. You don't like what they're doing. Okay. But to want them to do bad, is you're not even rooting for them
1: at that point and say they pull and say they pull off the impossible and they pull a new york giants only much better than the new york giants did this year and actually win a championship say they do that all those people who want to boom out they're not gonna say geez i was wrong I was, they're just gonna not say anything they'll enjoy they'll the championship complain about Yeah, or they'll find something else to complain about, like, "Oh, why isn't Castus locked up for the next ten
3: years?" They'll complain that, "Oh, we won a championship, but we didn't do it with Bogarts or something stupid like like that." that. You tried taking a shot at the Giants
2: in a season where they massively overachieved. Still bitter over that birthday loss you had when they went eighteen and one,
1: huh? Third best team in
2: their division. Still better than the Patriots.
0: Anyway, uh, moving on. A couple things I want to address from this. I think it is so funny to say that they. Bought the World Series in 2018 when Steve Pierce was the World Series MVP. But whatever. We'll ignore that John said that. And Dabrowski re-signed him too. Extended him
2: too. He no, no, he no.
1: Extended him I too. And then he got hurt.
2: Any of the times the Yankees
1: won the World Series, let's just put it that way. He, he resigned, experience. he extended Pierce too, and then Pierce got hurt and retired. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, yes. Also, um, I tweeted this out the other day. Um and it was really on my mind a lot during all this winter weekend debacle, because it makes no sense to me when people say that Heim has had two last place teams, because I don't know about you, but I could give a fat shit about 2020. I think the only people that care about the 2020 season are Dodgers fans and they get an endless amount of crap for their, as John calls it, the Mickey Mouse world series. Right. And so like, you're talking 2020, 60 game season, no Mookie, Alex Cora suspended slash fired, hanging out in Puerto Rico. Like I don't care about that season at all. I basically and they didn't like, sign anybody. They punted that It was a yeah, punt. basically don't count. And you know what we got from that season? You know what we got from that terrible, terrible, terrible season. We got Marcelo Meyer because we got the fourth pick the next year, right? So like I will make that trade any day of the week, okay? His first full season, he goes to the ALCS. His next season, they finish in last place, okay? Last place in a very tough division, uh, the toughest division by far, right? So you had one, I think, really strong season and one really weak season. And like we've said on the show before, it's kind of the, the two ways this method can go, right? Like you can take some of these risks, some of these gambles and some of these smaller one-year deals and and make, and, you know, Nobody knew who Kike Hernandez was. Nobody knew who Hunter Renfro was before they came over. They went, ew, you know what? And those all worked out. And then they did the same thing last year. It didn't work out, right? Um, and for me, this season is the season that tips the scales, right? I'm not going to go as far to say like, hey, if we're terrible this season, I think you should be fired because I, I agree with um, the logic of it all. I agree with this secret plan, right? Uh, but. <laughs> secret plan. <point. laughs> but you know i don't think we actually know yet if it works or not i mean the 2020 team was not heimblum's team and the
3: team was who cares what the team was anyway i, I don't care about the team at all um, people were talking about jose peraza in 2020 and when we traded for him it was like oh jose peraza might do something
0: right right i mean i i can't remember who it was the other That's i saw the other day that i was like i forgot he even played for the team in 2020 um because like i barely watched i didn't care um this is the season i think people are being very preemptive about like some people for me are taking it way too far and saying like this team reminds me of the 2013 team that was supposed to be a transition year and they lucked out and won well yeah yeah shit, they lucked out and won right i mean like that was a team that should not have won and did it. i think to compare them up front to that team is is unfair and will lead to disastrous results but i at the same time i see what they're saying right like every signing one year dear one-year deal two-year deal temporary transitional guys and yeah maybe we'll win something but likely we'll come in third place maybe squeak off a wild card win or two and i i will call that a success
3: can i just say this too on 2020 i mean not sorry 2020 um 2022 yes red suspension last place but overall they were a middle of the road team they didn't lose 110 games or something stupid like Overall, they're still middle-of-the-road team. I feel like that's kind of what you're looking at. The Red Sox are either going to be a middle-of-the-road team again this year, or they're going to kind of get a wild-card spot and then hope you get hot in the playoffs.
1: I think there were six games under 500 last year.
3: Yeah, that's middle-of-the-road. Playing were, that's-
1: 19 games each against the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the Rays and the Orioles to surprise people. And like John, John has said more than once on these very airwaves, if they played in the AL Central – they would have made the playoffs. There's a good chance they would have made the playoffs.
0: I think that's like exactly know. what I want to get into now is like, you know, Red Sox fans, there's been a lot of success over the past 20 years, a lot of very abysmal failure, but, you know, they like to look past that and just just count the four rings. Uh, but like, you know, you could be a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. You could be a Cincinnati Reds fan in places where they don't, they do not give a shit about, you at all right uh the the jam of colorado i don't even know the guy's freaking name he said today we're we're done the we're done building the team the team that we have right now and like who like i i can't even i mean i know Derek can because you know he knows every player in the league but like i think i can only name like five rockies players um and so like i think that this is a good transition to the next thing we wanted to talk about john i feel like yankees fans did that for a long time, right? They had that evil empire success, right? Spent a lot of money at the beginning of the century. And now you're 25 plus years into Cashman and it hasn't really given you the results that you wanted. And there's, I feel like as a Red Sox fan, there's less and less of the Yankee fans doing the 27 rings thing because that gets farther and farther away. Do you feel like... Yankees fans have been there done that with where Sox fans are right now winter weekend and have come out the other side or do you still feel like there's like some sort of entitlement there.
2: First off, I check your tone right you're talking to the Yankees okay, but no (laughs) of course we're entitled we're the best team greatest dynasty in sports history like yes, they've fallen on some hard times these past couple years. But it doesn't mean that they're not still competing. Like, they're not just throwing in the towel like the Red Sox do, all right? Like, like the Red Sox, it's like, it's all in or, like, let's just tank. And that's a pathetic way to run your franchise. At least the Yankees are trying to run every year, which leads me into the Yankees side of this and the way, like, Yankees fans boo everybody. And I'm generally, like, on the side of that. I think that's perfectly okay. You pay money to go see the game. You should be allowed to boo whoever you want. The one issue I have is when the Yankees fans boo House Steinbrenner. Hal Steinbrenner is an excellent owner. Like He stays out of the way, unlike his father did, who a lot of times, as much as we like to praise George, there are plenty of times where that guy got involved and screwed up the team. Hal Steinbrenner stays out of it. He lets his baseball people run baseball operations. Now, granted, he has the wrong people running baseball operations, but he's staying out of it. He's willing to spend money. He's willing to go over the luxury tax. And for that reason, I think Hal Steinbrenner is the one guy that should not be allowed to be booted Yankee Stadium. Like, he stays he stays out of the way and lets baseball people run baseball operations. And he's willing to go over the luxury tax if he has to. That being said, everybody else is fair game. Brian Cashman getting booted in Yankee Stadium. It's entirely fair, and it should happen. Uh, you know, and these guys like to talk trash about Aaron Judge getting booted in the playoffs. 1927. Babe Ruth hits 60 home runs. Yankees win the World Series. Babe Ruth's a massive part of that. 1961, Roger Maris hits 61 home runs. Yankees win the World Series. Roger Maris is a major part of that. 2022, Aaron Judge hits 62 home runs and then does not perform in the playoffs. That falls on him. Now, I personally wouldn't have booed him, but I understand why the fans booed him everybody's been booed at Yankee Stadium. Mariano Rivera's been booed. Jared, Derek Jeter was booed. And when they asked Derek Jeter about being booed, he said, yeah, I would boo me too. I wasn't playing well. It's just how things run in New York. So I'm perfectly okay booing whoever you need to boo. The one person I would leave out of that is when seeing Hal Steinberg walk onto the field and get booed. I don't really think that's entirely fair.
1: So you don't want Hal Steinberg to be booed, but he's the person who's hiring all the people that you say should be booed. So, this is last time that
2: fallen. Em- run, no, Hal Steinbrenner lets Brian Cashman run things. Now, I don't think Brian Cashman should be running things, but he's staying out of the way and letting his baseball people run things. So, yeah, like if you want to say fire, if Hal Steinbrenner comes out, I'd say you can stream fire Cashman. Like that's all fair. But outside of that, Hal Steinbrenner is doing everything you could ask for in, in an owner. He's staying out of the way and letting his people run it. Like, again, hired the wrong guy to run but it. What is so coming of that, it, though?
0: what i mean look, i went to our conversation a couple weeks ago like what is coming of that though like yeah 90 plus wins every year but back to that 27 rings entitlement thing that's not enough for most yankee fans i mean i'd be yeah, that, pretty happy with I'm that saying, right now but that's why
2: i'm saying boo brian cashman he's the guy putting together the team okay so if you that's the guy you boo like house time is simply just writing paychecks like he's not he's just the money guy he's the cfo He doesn't involve himself with the everyday operations of the team, so I don't really think that's the guy you hold responsible. I hold Brian Cashman responsible, and everybody that works underneath him, and of course the players that are going out there and not performing in the postseason.
1: And I do want to say, I don't have a problem with people booing uh, Heim Bloom. I don't have a problem with people booing on booing John Henry. I mean, you're wrong. Heim Bloom's trying to save the, trying to resurrect the franchise here, and John Henry. And his ownership group brought four world series when the last 86 years beforehand they had none, but if you want to boo them, if you don't agree with the direction of the team, whatever, have a coconut smile. I don't really care, but like, don't say he needs to, he needs to step up and he needs to face the media. He needs to face the fans. And then when he opens his mouth to say something, don't just drown him out with booze. Like you're trying to take over the the, the town meeting. You know, if you want, if you demand to hear him speak, let him speak. Or just shut up.
0: Okay, I think that that is another good transition to the next thing that I want to ask, which is, and to your point earlier, Luke, Haim said over winter weekend, we did not have a lot going on when I got here. And <clears throat> excuse me, everybody has used that driving off the cliff analogy that he used, right? We were about to drive off the cliff I mean, these were the days where Bobby Dahlbeck was the, it was Bobby and um, Darwinson were the top two prospects in the system, right? He said, we're about to drive off the cliff. And they tasked me with turning it around at the last second and trying to drive the other way, right? More or less what is what he said. And has tried over the past three years, I believe, to be very transparent that it does not happen overnight. And a lot of these teams you know, I I used the Baltimore example last week, Baltimore, you know, they, they tanked for five years to get where they are now. Um, And now, you know, Baltimore fans are like trying to forget that that happened. Right. But they were uh, embarrassing for five years. And I'm trying to say, I'm trying to get this there without the tanking thing. Right. And so I guess my question is we know at this point what Brian Cashman wants. Uh, and what his goal is every year and how he's going to try and do it. We know how Haim's trying to achieve his goals, which he's has, you know, only done 50% of the time, but he's working on it, right? He hasn't had the the 25 years that Cashman has had. So my question is, do front offices owe the fans an explanation, right? Because to that to that armchair detective thing, right, where it's the armchair quarterback, whatever, right? Um, you know, you feel like you can do better. You feel like you know more, Um, we don't, we don't get paid to do that. Right. But the fans at winter weekend sure thought that they did. Does the front office need to give the fans an explanation on the thought process or, or I don't even know what the alternative is. Derek, I'll start with you.
3: Yeah. I'll start like this. You're, if you're a front office, you're not going to go lay out all your plans and you're into detail and this and that. One, because you'd be stupid to do that because now other teams know what your plan is and know what you're trying to do in detail. But also, two, plans change. The Red Sox wanted to bring back Sandra Bogarts. The Padres give him a crap ton of money. Plan change. Of, of, of Evaldi's offer comes off the table. They change directions and go with plan B. That happens. That happens. Sometimes you're looking at making... The Red Sox had a trade, agreed to trade for Colton Wong. Burrs ownership pulls the plug on the trade. You got to go in a different direction. That's kind of, you can't, so you can't really go into detail plans. We know what the Red Sox plan is. Bloom has told us time and time and time again, he wants, we want, the Red Sox want to have a team that is sustainable and can win and has a chance at winning every single year that takes time to build. And I, he, I feel like he's been transparent in that he's, has he gone into super deep detail? No, that's not what he has to do. He shouldn't have to do that. He shouldn't do that because now you're just giving other teams more info than they need. So he's pretty much told everyone that we want to be sustainable. We want to be competitive every year. I mean, do you want like the war plans laid out on a paper and mailed to you? Like, he can't tell you everything. Luke? Uh I agree
1: with Derek. Uh here's what management owes us, a contending team. Well, being in a big market like in Boston, management owes you a contender. They owe you nothing more than that. They owe you a team that can win. Uh that's all they owe you. Transparency in professional sports is stupidity, like Derek just said. Um the more your competition knows about your objectives, the weaker you are take the Renfro trade, you know, for example, say Bloom just really wanted David Hamilton and Alex Benelis and didn't like Hunter Renfro and like, you know, he's swinging for the, he like kind of like a Kevin Millar. He swings for the fences and he's got a hose in right field, but I don't really like his approach at the plate, stuff like that. But I really like this Benellis and Hamilton. And I want to beef up the farm system. And then the Brewers GM is just like, okay he just told the, the, the fans he may he's probably going to offload offload some good players because he wants to build up the farm system. All right. Well, so let's hold out for a lot more, you know, let, let's say, all right, uh, we'll give you Ben Ellis and Hamilton for Renfro and two other prospects or something like that. You're, you're, you're hurting your negotiating position The the more you tell about your strategy, the more you're hurting your negotiation, uh, your negotiating position. So, um, and, and, like fans don't know shit, you know? I mean, and I'm including myself in that. I consider myself a smart quote unquote smart fan. Like I look into it and I study stuff and I try and make, make myself, John shook his head. Um, I try to make, make it my business to know what's happening, but I mean, we don't really know. and, And most fans aren't even willing to do what I do. Like most fans aren't willing to look below the surface level of it. And, why would you waste your time to try and explain yourself to people who are, just, who are just like, you let Mookie go, you let X go, you let Vasky go, you're dead to me. Well, you know, you got to understand uh, the situation that we're in and trying to build a sustainable tender. No, F you. I hate you. You're done. Like, all right, well, just, you know, enjoy your day. I'll, I'm, you know, I'll move along with mine. It's just, I've seen this. I've heard people say, like, they lied to the fans. No, that's not right. They may, they said Xander Bogarts was their number one priority. I'm sure he was their number one priority if he would have taken a five- or six-year deal, and then they saw the Padres were offering him eight, nine, 10, 11 years. All right, bye. Bye, Xander. You know, it was fun, but, you know, we're not stupid. Like, so, yeah, the more you tell about your plans, the worse it could be. And that's why Bill Belichick never says a damn thing in his press conferences. He's said that before. It's like, what good is it going to do me? It, all it can do is hurt me. The more I tell you, the more it's going to hurt me. John.
2: Well, in all fairness, I think it's turning out that Bill Belichick might not have been the genius we all thought he was. And it turned out to be Tom Brady all along, just like I told you for years. Oh, look, in NFL,
1: When did you ever say that before Brady went to the Bucks?
2: I never said that before Brady went to the <laughs> Not Bucks. a single time. That's why it makes it so funny <laughs> to say it now. <laughs> Look, and, and it's a great comparison because in the NFL, you cannot be transparent at all. You want to try to hide what you're doing. And the Giants new GM, Joe Shane, did just that leading into the season. why the Giants, despite being the third best team in the best division in all of the NFL, turned out to be the fourth best team in the whole NFC. But back to baseball. But I think it's easier – Luke makes a good point. Like, we are smart fans, especially the four of us here and everyone here at Bleacher Brawls, all eight of us. We are smart fans. We do kind of tend to see like the plans that are laid out by baseball. It's easier in baseball. Like, you don't have to be transparent, but as a smart fan, you can kind of see what's going on. And, you know, like, look at the Yankees, for example. The Yankees have failed under Brian Cashman for the most part since George kind of took a step back and how took over and Brian Cashman kind of really got to run the baseball operations for the Yankees. He wasn't necessarily transparent about his plan, but every single one of us here know that his plan was to sign high strikeout, high walk, high home run guys. It was to devalue starting pitching, rely too heavily on the bullpen, hang on to prospects until they're not worth anything. Like Brian Cashman didn't have to come out and say that that's what he was doing, but it was pretty transparent that that's what he was doing. And with the same thing with Ty Bloom, his secret plan is to repeatedly get embarrassed by making bad trade after bad trade. So I just think, yeah, like organizations don't necessarily need to come out and say this is what we're doing. But in baseball, if you're a smart fan, it's pretty clear when your team doesn't need to be transparent, but you can still figure out what's going on.
1: The first rule about a secret plan is you do not talk about the secret plan. We're talking way too much about it.
0: With all that being said, we're going to try and do that exact thing next week and attempt to be smarter than the GMs of our teams. Luke's going to be Haim, and John is going to be Cashman, and they're going to go up against Derek and try and make some last-minute uh, trades uh, to get these rosters ready for spring training. We're going to both
1: swindle. We're going to both swindle Derek. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna throw in we're as a kicker. Screw over we're the
0: Colorado s- Rockies.
1: We're, we're going to throw in as a kicker. We'll stock your chocolate milk vending machines for a year. No. Just, <laughs> just no. like just I'll, I'll like Billy for... Bean did with the Twins or, <laughs>
3: Indie, or Guardians or whoever that was. I'll ask for some double-A picture that you guys have never heard of. <laughs> and, you'll be, be and, and you'll
0: go, go yeah, yeah, sure. Like Doug did at the trade <laughs> <like>, deadline. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, and I'll throw in Michaelson Anderson. <laughs> whatever (laughs)
0: yeah
1: well that's that's a
2: record it's not like i have to try to be smarter than cashman like i already value starting pitching and contact hitting way more than that indian does
0: we did this episode of the trade deadline and it's it was really fun because derek is a human supercomputer and we did it on the website as well with some potential rafi trades that luckily none of those had to happen because we got that extra
2: record when we did that it was the Andrew Benettoni trade like I think Derek nailed three out of the four prospects yeah the exactly league. who knows it
3: was, I nailed two out of three two out of three I got the it two main it. pieces right I just didn't get the third piece right
0: um let's wrap up our conversation tonight with some football talk all right Uh, We had the NFL divisional round this weekend. I would like to point out that I got all of my Twitter predictions correct. I went four for four and for all of the right reasons. Okay, so thank you very much. Um, We got some Chiefs, Bengals, and some Eagles and Niners next week. Um, I'm gonna do a quick, uh, have these guys predict um, those outcomes and then we'll talk a little Super Bowl real quick. Uh, Derek, Chiefs and Bengals, who you got?
3: Um, uh, I'm gonna go Chiefs. know, I'm gonna go Chiefs.
0: Okay,
1: Luke. I was I would have gone Chiefs before Saturday night, and I saw uh Mahomes get get you know kind of hurt. So I I gotta go with gotta go with the bang- Bengals. You beat Josh Allen and the Bills on in Buffalo in crappy weather which is kind of buffalo's calling card that's uh you know that's impressive
0: i'm going with the Bengals. also almost lost to tyler huntley the week before but you know whatever uh john uh chiefs and Bengals.
2: uh just like luke said that a high ankle sprain for pastor mahomes and he's only going to get really kind of a, a, you know seven days off that ankle before he has to go and play i mean that's a struggle Bengals don't have the best defense in the NFL, but at the end of the day, I think Joe Burrow is just amazing. Uh, his And there are quite a few weapons on that Bengals team outside. You got Jamar Chase is just elite. Um, uh, Joe Mixon is a really good running back. And Brayne, or however you pronounce that, running the other running back. is Ryan. P. Ryan, yeah, that's it. Um, there's a lot of talent on Cincinnati, so I think they're going to be able to beat the Chiefs again this year.
1: And he was just checking down most of the day. Just, you know, dink, 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 dink. And they still got, what, 27 points, was it? Yeah.
3: I will say, though, um, for the Chiefs, they need Chris Jones to finally get a postseason sack because I think in 13 or 14 postseason games, he has no sacks, and he's their best pass rusher. He's the guy that was offside and
1: when Brady threw that that quote-unquote pick that wasn't, right? No, it was D Ford. That was D. That Ford. was D Ford. Oh, geez, I'm sorry. Edit yeah. this out, Pat. I know you won't. But <laughs>
0: won't. Um, no. uh, I'm going Cincinnati as well. Um, I mean, they just they just uh, embarrassed Buffalo uh, today. I think maybe the true Josh Allen. We can talk about that another time. But um, if they don't have Mahomes, I don't think I don't think Kansas City can do it. Uh, quick around, fellas. Uh, Eagles and 49ers. Luke, who you got? I got, I think that's going to be game of the year, but I got
1: the 49ers. I think all around they are better and the Eagles are really good, but you know, just stomping on the giants throat is enough to show me that you can, you can beat a team as well-rounded as the 49ers and. You know, Brock Purdy may not even be that good. It may just be that he's just got so many pieces around it. That's just such a complete team. And I think when it comes to Super Bowl, the more complete team will usually win it, unless Tom Brady is on the team. Um, so I'm going with 49ers. Bengals, 49ers, Super Bowl.
0: John?
2: Um, I hate Philly. Like, I won't even buy Philadelphia cream cheese. Like, I buy the store bought, right? the store brand cream cheese. I just, I, I, I won't order a Philly cheesesteak. I'll order a cheesesteak. Um, I. So yeah. Without that being said, I just have to. I, I, there's too much hate here, clouding my judgment. But whatever. I'm going against Philly. It's not even that I like the 49ers. I don't like the 49ers. But I just dislike Philly so much that I want the 49ers to win. So go 49ers, but I, I don't
3: care. Derek? Uh, I'm sticking with the 49ers. They've been my Super Bowl pick since the uh, start of the playoffs. Um, So I'm going with them. Um, I do want to go back one second, though, to the to the uh, Bengals, because I think Eli's album might get burnt like toast again against the Chiefs, because... Uh, I don't know, Pat, you saw the Ravens game. I think it was Demarcus Robinson absolutely burnt him on a he, – he's running a go route, you know, inside, just cuts inside, goes back, and Eli Apple just jump, tries to jump a slant. with, And he had no safety help, and he tries to jump it. And Demarcus Robinson just, nope, see ya. Adios.
0: He got a pick today, though, didn't he?
3: Yeah, but we don't talk about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help me prove my point, Luke. <laughs> Um okay guys, uh you heard it here first uh because I was right about the divisional round. It's Eagles. I think the Niners, I mean it was a squeaker. Like I thought it was going to be against Dallas and um sure they beat Dallas, but I think that the, the Eagles are the better version of Dallas. Um and so I'm going Bengals Eagles Super Bowl. I have yet to figure out who I'm going to pick for that. Um but I'll let you guys go first and I'll make that pick by the time uh, you guys have all gone. Give me your, you, the two that, your recap of the two that you chose and who you think is going to win. Really quick, Derek, go. Uh,
3: I have Chiefs and 49ers, and I think the 49ers pulled it out with Big Cock Brock leading the right, leading the way. Um, <laughs> if, you, if anyone didn't see the sign that a fan had that got on TV, it said Big, and then the, had the rooster emoji, and then Brock. Yeah. So, yeah, he's officially known as Big Cock Brock now. John.
2: Um, I'm going with the Bengals. I, I love Joe Burrow. I love Jamar Chase. Uh, so let's go Bengals. And, oh, you know, you got to feel bad for Ohio with some of their professional sports teams. They just deserve one.
1: Luke. I think in I think it would be a really, really good game, close game. But I think the 49ers just have a little more talent all around. The Bengals are a little too a little more a little too reliant on their quarterback pulling it out i don't think burrow has the stones to do that in the super bowl yet to carry a team like that and purdy doesn't have to he's just got a great team all around him oh i had Bengals versus 49ers by the way and i got the 49ers winning the super bowl
0: uh i'm Bengals, eagles and gosh i i wouldn't have said Bengals this morning um but just that the essential ass whooping of the bill sarcasm uh, I think was very enlightening and maybe they played above above their status today but um, I don't know it's convincing their their defense is iffy but um, I think that they've they've got an offense that'll keep them in it um, anything, anybody would like to say before we wrap it up tonight? Um, I just,
1: yes, I just, yeah. I, I just want to say like, if has any player, if, if Brock Purdy saw that sign in the crowd, has any player put any campaign more to have, to have their nickname be a certain nickname than Brock Purdy is going to campaign <laughs> for that to be his nickname moving forward. If he saw that sign, if he's aware of that. Because if it was me, it'd be like, yeah, yeah, call me that. And telling everybody in the locker room, yeah, call me that. I'm Big Cock Brock now. Don't even call me Brock or Birdie or anything. <laughs> Just call me Big Cock.
3: Yeah, that, no, that time was perfect. Um, I do, I, I do want to say this though. Um, we're getting ready for the regular season, obviously for baseball season to start up. Um, so hopefully, hopefully, let's hope the Red Sox are good. I hope the Yankees are good, too, because hopefully we have an ALCS, the Red Sox and the Yankees, or the Red Sox absolutely whoop the Yankees, hopefully. Um, we can some restore some joy in Red Sox Nation, because all the Red Sox Nation wants to do is tear each other down instead of working together as a group to cheer for the Red Sox. anything you want to add? Yeah, I want to point
2: out uh, that... Joe Burrow already leads the Bengals in all-time playoff wins Uh, in just two seasons of the playoffs. He has recorded more playoff wins than any Bengals quarterback before. And, you know, that list includes Boomer Siason, uh, Carson Palmer, John Kitna, you know, some real legends there. Um, But I just think, again, I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan and just seeing that stat today that I think the Bengals have, like, five playoff wins in their history and Joe Burrow or before Joe without Joe Burrow. And then Joe Burrow's one four. So I think he's got the stones to pull it off. He did it at LSU. Almost did it last year. I'm hoping he does it this
3: year. Can I say this on the Bengals? Their franchise didn't basically didn't assist until Joe Burrow came there because they didn't have an indoor practice facility until this off season. Like, what are you doing? You're in Cincinnati. Getting an indoor practice facility. Come on. They existed for a while. Boomer, when Boomer Esiason was there,
1: he, he, I mean, you know, John just kind of threw him, lumped him in with Carson Palmer and John getting but Boomer Esiason Esiason was really good. I mean, he, he was, you know, he probably wouldn't have cracked the top eight in quarterbacks in the league at the time but he was he was really good there for a while but yeah what a what a horribly run franchise for so long burrows got burrows carrying the whole team on his back offense defense special teams front office concession workers security everything
3: is just relying on him he's got no all, help it was all about the icky shuffle way back then and
2: boomer Sison did get that team to the super bowl so i mean like i know i was just joking around obviously i think boomer's a better quarterback than john ken i mean there's no doubt about that
3: but his name's Boomer, so that takes some balance here. Not as good as Andy Dalton, though. Oh god.
0: <laughs> um, all right, guys. Uh, my, my last thing that I want to say is the episode that came out on Friday with John and Barnes interviewing former Yankees pitcher Joe Asanio was awesome. It was such a great conversation. Uh, even if you're a Red Sox fan and you from time to time skip our Yankees episodes, it's a must-listen. Uh, it's a great uh, deep dive into what it was like to play for the boss, what it was like to come up uh, in, in your rookie season, being the strike year at 94, life post-baseball. They asked him some great questions, he had some great answers, and it's one of our best episodes, and it's a must-listen.
1: Through gas and through a mean dropkick, which is a, it's a damn shame he never got in a brawl during his couple of <laughs> years in the big leagues because he never got a chance to showcase that dropkick on the national stage where it belongs.
2: I got to give that guy credit. And I, we said, me and Barnes told him this afterwards. We're like, man, we watched that match that you have on YouTube and you legitimately worked half that match. Like he didn't just stand on the apron and do some celebrity, little celebrity involvement. That guy went out there and worked the match. And yes, he can throw a mean dropkick.
0: With that being said, guys, you heard all the plugs at the top of the show. Places that you can find us. Our website, BleacherBrawls.com. Everything that we write goes on there. We talk some Sox, some Yanks, um, anything that happens between the lines. Uh, Our YouTube channel. um, Videos all the time. Uh, Sox, Yankees, Prospects, baseball, all of the sports. Uh, Our main social media hub is at BleacherBrawl on Twitter. Those are the best places to find us. This podcast, hopefully you've already Uh, left us a nice review rated us five stars all that kind of stuff Um, I think that's about all that we got Uh, so my name is Patrick for John for Derek for Luke thank you guys for listening and we will catch you next time
3: big cock brock